This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 556 This episode was pre-recorded. Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 306, Zero Hour, a.k.a. Crisis Cleanup. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Or you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We are taping in advance, and we continue to cover the major crossover events in DC history. This time, it's 1994's Zero Hour, a five-issue mini with a lot of tie-in books. The DCU was a dark place in the mid-90s. Superman died, but got better. Bane snapped Batman's back. Coast City was wiped out during the reign of the Superman event, making Hal Jordan go mad and kill off most of the Guardians and the Green Lantern Corps. That last item would lead to Zero Hour, but it was more than just a story. It was almost 10 years post-Crisis on Infinite Earths, and there were a lot of cracks showing in continuity, partly due to the half-hearted method of the CIE reboot. Some characters, Clark, Diana, were totally reset. Others had a new identity, like Wally West becoming the new Flash, while others were barely impacted, like Batman. The result was that a messy continuity remained in place. Zero Hour was designed to clean up that mess, fixing continuity holes, or at least spackling over them. To indicate that this was, in fact, a countdown, the issue numbers went down throughout the run, starting with... Zero Hour, Crisis in Time, number four. Story and art by Dan Jurgens. Finished art by Jerry Ordway. Coloring by Gregory Wright. Lettering by Gaspar. Assistant editing by Mike McAvenny. Yeah. And editing by Casey Carlson. In a departure for DC at this time, the creative team will remain the same throughout the event. We begin appropriately at the end of time. The Time Trapper is in the midst of a battle with a mystery person who quickly kicks his butt, then disintegrates him. It's my turn now, my turn to make things right. Easy to do, if you know how. The cosmos is in agony, and I'm the only one who knows how it should be. He then conveniently invokes the countdown to the titular story. Cut to Apocalypse, where Metron drops in to see Darkseid and tells him that time itself appears to be unraveling, and then goes off to collect allies. Cut to Gotham City, where Batgirl is wrapping up a fight with Joker, but she's Oracle now, crime-fighting from a wheelchair due to Joker shooting her. The dynamic duo arrives, stunned to see her up and walking, but she doesn't understand their confusion. She was never shot. Joker takes the opportunity to escape while Bruce wants to investigate what is going on. 
cut to Vanishing Point, outside of the time stream where the linear men keep watch over all of time and see that all of reality past the 71st century is suddenly gone and working its way backward. Rip Hunter and Wave Rider are sent to investigate. Cut to the 64th century, where Wally West slash Flash is fighting Abracadabra, who's from that era, only to see a wave of draining entropy destroying reality. Rip and Wave Rider arrive and confer with Kadabra, Flash must create a vortex to collapse it. Just as in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Flash sacrifices himself to stop the wave, but is unsuccessful. Wally West, The Flash, 1959-1994, R.I.P. Wave Rider and Rip take the now-empty Flash costume and decide to try again. Back in current times, Batman and Superman meet near Metropolis, each mentioning their recent health issues. However, the Batmobile looks out of place, like it's the one from the 50s. In any case, Metron appears to warn them of the upcoming cosmic crisis. Cut to 5700 AD, where Rip and the Wave Rider arrive to see Green Lantern Hal Jordan already trying to stop the entropy wave. Hal had some Silver Age adventures in this century, when he was brought here and given the identity of Paul Manning to act as the Green Lantern of that time. This is a younger Hal, and one of the people of that era explained that they brought a young and pure version of Hal as they know his final malevolent fate. Foreshadowing! Rip realizes some sort of connection to a crisis, but has no chance to explain, as he and Hal are both disintegrated and the wave rider warping out to save himself. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, 1959-1994, R.I.P. Rip Hunter, 1959-1994, R.I.P. Cut to current day and we find Hawkman fighting Vandal Savage. Suddenly Hawkman seems to split into multiple versions of himself. Vandal sees something is amiss, as does Dr. Mist, who begins to see other versions of himself. Back to the world's finest, who find current GL Kyle Rayner and ask him to help power Metron's chair so they can send a warning to all heroes. Some quick cameos from Donna Troy, who's a dark star at this time, Aquaman, the Teen Titans, the Connor Kent Superboy, the Adam, the Ray, Dr. Fate, who calls in the JSA, the Outsiders, and Green Arrow, all of whom pledge their support to stop time from ending. Metron also calls on the Spectre to give them a hand, but since this is not about evil, he gives it a pass. Wave Rider returns to Vanishing Point to check the chronoscope to find out what the crisis is and is shocked by what he learns. Apparently, there's no password protection on the chronoscope. Back to Earth, where the JSA finds a single Hawkman and Vandal Savage babbling about multiple versions. They attribute it to his age. Speaking of age, Alan Scott is quite a bit younger. They changed his origin to a mystic Starheart, which de-aged him, and a new outfit. As Savage suddenly feels something is wrong, he is then eaten alive by some sort of force. Vandal Savage, 1943 to 1994, R.I.P. Wave Rider arrives and gives Wally's costume to Jay Flash, who is overcome with grief. Wave Rider tells the others what happened to Savage. Since time is being destroyed at both ends, Vandal's origin and Vandal himself never existed. So why do they still remember him? Back to Vanishing Point, where a new player walks among the linear men all knocked out. Mayhem, madness, chaos, I am extant, and now it's mine. 
Exton is the former Hawk of Hawk and Dove fame, turned evil during Armageddon 2001. There's an ad for the 1994 San Diego Comic-Con at the back of the comic, back when it was actually a comic book show, along with teasers for Zero Hour. Zero Hour, Crisis in Time number three. We're back with Jay Garrick mourning the loss of Wally West. Why do we keep living out our years while the young keep dying? The rest of the JSA is there to comfort him and to follow Waverider's lead. They all warp out to Vanishing Point, but the Hawks and Waverider are sent somewhere else. Cut to Soups and Metron on their way to New York. Clark has been spooked by seeing an alternate Mon Pa Kent in his own tie-in since the last issue. They divert to Keystone City, where dinosaurs are on the loose. Impulse is there to herd them up. Bart joins the others on their trip. We then cut to a point outside the time stream where Time Trapper and Rock Crin, a.k.a. Cosmic Boy of the LSH, are having an argument. Trapper removes his hood to reveal he is a future version of Rock Crin, which means a charter member of the LSH will become one of their greatest enemies. Cut to New York, where the heroes are gathering at the UN. Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Metamorpho, and Maxima all members of Jail International Europe Extreme Justice. Diana and Power Girl also arrive. The latter is mystically pregnant. Cut to a massive double splash page with just about every hero at the time. Mr. Miracle, Martian Manhunter, Steel, Panther, Elongated Man, Alpha Centurion in his first appearance, Warrior Guy Gardner, Adam, Impulse, Dr. Light, Aquaman, Captain Adam, Triumph, The Ray, Firestar, Captain Marvel, Obsidian, Darkstar, Donna Troy, Geoforce, Amazing Man, Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, GL, Kyle Rayner, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, Batman, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, Despero, and a few we don't even recognize. Guy wants to just find someone to punch, but Clark suggests they figure out where this all started. The JSA arrive at Vanishing Point only to find the Hawks and Wave Rider gone and a new player, Extant, who attacks them. Cut to the Hawks and Wave Rider who find themselves stuck in the time stream with various alternate Hawkmen fighting among themselves. A blast of cosmic energy merges all of them, including Hawkgirl, into a single being, which Metron, who just happened by, calls a new god. Over at L-E-G-I-O-N-H-Q, Viral Docs is studying the contraction of the universe and sends out a probe to investigate. In Supertown, High Father looks worried. Back to the main team. Guy confronts the new Green Lantern. Aqualad asks if Donna is from this universe, and Batman notes he ran into different versions of himself, again in his own tie-in issue. Batgirl feels real, Alpha Centurion thinks none of them are from his reality, and Maxima's outfit keeps changing. Wave Rider, Metron, and the new Hawkman arrive. Wave Rider announces the deaths of Wally and Hal. Guy realizes that since Hal never had the chance to go bad, see Emerald Twilight, maybe they can save him. Back to Extant and the JSA. The Alprat Adam and Dr. Fate are turned to ash. We learn later this just separated Kent and Inza Nelson, leaving them powerless, while Sandman and Wildcat revert to what should be their actual age in an instant. Al Pratt, The Atom, 1940-1994, to 1994, RIP. 
Wave Rider realizes what's happening and disappears. The rest of the JSA, apart from GL Alan Scott, who is protected by the ring, begin aging five years each second, and we watch Our Man die. Rex Tyler, Our Man, 1940-1994, R.I.P. Wave Rider arrives and puts the others in stasis while GL keeps Extant busy. Wave Rider then attacks Extant, saying that he knows Extant is Hawk. GL tries to attack as well, and Extant uses time powers to depower his ring. Extant pulls off his hood to reveal he's actually Wave Rider. Before going on, let's talk about all the death. Keep in mind that Zero Hour was intended to clean up DC's continuity, and that meant characters needed to go. Some of the deaths so far won't turn out to actually count. Spoilers. But others definitely do. The JSA in particular needed to be weeded down. Even with comic book logic, these were people in their 70s at least by this point. Back to the recap. Zero Hour, Crisis in Time number 2. Wave Rider and Extant continue their chat. Extant had already absorbed the powers of Monarch, Hawk, and Dove in Armageddon 2001. And while he could also absorb Wave Rider's powers now, he knows that your time is yet to come. When Wave Rider says that destroying reality is madness, Extant replies, Look beyond the destruction. Consider the possibilities. Then sends them all away. He needs to coordinate his defenses, including an army in the shadows. Back in New York City, a future New York City is about to settle on top of the current one. Metron creates a boom tube supercharged with various heroes' energy to send it away. They return to find the JSA dying. Wildcat has suffered a heart attack, and the rest aren't far behind. Martian Manhunter and Amazing Man transport them to a hospital. At this point, we see the changing of the guard, with Alan Scott and Jay Garrick announcing they are retiring as they no longer have the power to do otherwise. Alan gives Kyle his ring. They both walk into the sunset. This seems awfully sudden to me. Wave Rider tells the remaining heroes that they must attack Extant in the past and future, stopping time from eating itself. This, of course, is Team Up SOP, split into subteams for separate missions. Future Team, Superman, Wonder Woman, Captain Atom, Metamorpho, Metron, Geoforce, Katana, Terra, Mirage, Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and Emerald Dragon, which a quick Google search says and is an alternate ID of the Legion of Superheroes Ultra Boy. They see the time-eating vortex, and while they consider their options, if you're time-hopping, wouldn't you figure out your plan before going there? A squad of Titans, all pulled together from various continuities by extant, attack their teams. Terra and Mirage are also affected via their communicators. Cut to Dr. Miss Sanctuary, realizing that with the beginning and end of time gone, his time as an immortal is up as well. He disappears in a flash, leaving his acolytes to fend for themselves. Nomo Bellawa, Dr. Mist, 1978-1994 R.I.P. Oh, here comes the zero-hour cleanup crew. In New York City, Alan Scott and Jay Garrick, who apparently walked to the hospital instead of into the sunset, learn that Dr. Midnight just passed. Charles McNighter, Dr. Midnight, 1941-1994, R.I.P. Jay goes after the specter as he could have turned the tide. A man should stand with his friends, and I intend to see that he does. 
Meanwhile, Power Girl goes into labor and a force field pops up to protect her. Could the baby be doing this? Cut to Vanishing Point, where the laymen are in stasis while Extant berates them for not being more proactive. The past team, Wave Rider, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner, Nightwing, The Ray, Darkstar Donna Troy, Impulse, Connor Kent Superboy, and Anima. Is it just me or is this a slightly underpowered team versus the future team? Just as they make their plans to stop the Vortex, another group of alternate Titans attack, all under Extant's control. Extant also drops in and attacks Darkstar, with only Kyle running interference, saving her. Donna and Kyle later become an item. Extant takes off his hood, and he's Hank Hall again, as this is the point where he takes Wave Rider's powers. He sends away the rest of the team and does some pontificating. My destiny is sealed. The final birth stage of the Extant occurs as the universe dies. He warps out just before a hand picks up Alan Scott's ring, left behind by Kyle. Back to the future, the rogue titans have been caged up and Metron has finally come up with a plan. Toss the Mobius chair, sans Metron, into the vortex while Captain Adam pours energy into it, which snuffs out the vortex. Rock Crin and Time Trapper, again the same guy from different times, conveniently drop by to send the heroes back to current day. They got there via the Mobius chair, which is now destroyed. Back in New York City, current day, a team of Batman, Robin, Batgirl, and Warrior clean up their rogue titans, which happened in a tie-in, I'm guessing, with some fisticuffs. Warrior wishes he had a gun, and one painfully comes out of his armored arm. Apparently, he can create weapons by sheer will. The other heroes return from their missions. Oh, and Captain Marvel just suddenly appears for some reason. All the rogue titans disappear as their timelines were wiped out when the 30th century vortex was destroyed in a spackling announced by Extant. Speaking of our ever master villain, the Wave Rider version of himself returns to Vanishing Point to check in and merge with the main Extant, I guess. Cut back to the 30th century and that mysterious figure pops in, reopens the rift, drops the ring, and crushes it under his heel. No sense being reminded of a universe that will be... No more. Will the universe be destroyed? Who is the mysterious figure behind this? Who will live? Who will die? Who will die and then live again? Find out in our next session. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.